Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the February 10th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As you know, my special sponsor is the Security Federal Bank. And my always sponsor is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, my favorite management consulting firm. Today is the first of several shows geared toward getting you prepared to vote in the upcoming March 16th special election. Yes, that's right. We're going back to the polls on March 16th. In case you need to register to vote, the deadline to do that is February 16th. So you only have a few days from now in order to register to vote. Uh, hopefully you already registered, but in case uh, you're one of those people who just moved to the community or uh, had a birthday since the last election and are not eligible to vote, uh, your chance to do that uh, ends in about six days. As I indicated, this is the first of several shows dedicated to the special purpose local option sales tax. That is SPLOST 8. SPLOST 8 is a $250 million uh, project list, and we're going to talk about a $25 million item today. I have two guests with me today, um, a special treat for us. One is Mr. Brad Usry. He's a native Augustan and most well-known as the proprietor of Fat Man's. Uh, he is with us in his role with the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority, and we'll let him tell us a little bit more about that role later on. As well, I have Chris Bird, who is responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of the James Brown Arena Complex. Uh, coming up on this Foster referendum, as I indicated in an earlier show, believe it or not, it's time for us to go back to the polls. Uh, March 16th, we're going to vote on SPLOST 8, and they're going to talk about all of the wonderful ideas they have for enhancing the James Brown Arena Complex. How are you all doing today? Doing great. Doing great. great. Thanks for your time. Glad to have you. Uh, Brad, first off, can you tell us exactly how long you have been uh, with the Coliseum Authority? Seems like it's been a while. Yes, I've been on the Coliseum Authority six plus years and um, been working on this project for the new arena about five of those years. All right, great. And Chris, how long have you been in your role? And you're the general manager. Is that the right title? Yes, ma'am. I've been yeah. in Augusta a little over seven years now. So born and raised in Charleston, but Glad to be in Augusta. Well, that means, I've been, that, that means I've been seven years plus in, right, Chris? Yeah. Brad, Brad, you've been 12 years. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we are looking at the SPLOS project. I'm going to do a few uh, episodes on SPLOS 8. This is the very first one because I thought it was just so important that everybody understand uh, what the possibilities are for the James Brown Arena Complex. Uh, last time in Splash 7, you all got about $6 million. Uh, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about how that money was used? Yeah, so I think it was a, you know, kind of a compromise from the front. We asked for 
a little bit more, but we got six. So we decided to use that six primarily on the Bell Auditorium. It had not been touched since the renovations in the late 80s. So we really wanted to just maximize the guest experience. So uh, a new roof, all new mechanical equipment, uh, new balcony chairs and chairs throughout the building, uh, complete, you know, renovation of the concession stands, really just carpet everywhere, uh, taking about four and a half of that $6 million. And we, we, we invested that into the bell because uh, it's been just such a great asset, uh, not only for me, but for the community. And then a million and a half on the arena, you know, updating the elevators, kind of making sure the, you know, the doors are, it's safe to have events and, and do those things. And um, I think we put new arena sport lights throughout the building. So just creating some efficiencies, you know, with a decades and decades old building, you, you need to update those things so that it's cheaper to run. All right. Great. Thanks for that. And as we start talking about SPLOST 8, one of the things that I do want to clarify for everyone, uh, for a while there was uh, a number of discussions about perhaps moving the arena to a different location. Uh, there was discussion about um, the old Regency Mall location at the intersection of Dean's Bridge and, and Gordon Highway. Uh, there was a little discussion about a Harrisburg location. There was a discussion about going out um, towards Riverwatch Parkway. A lot of those things were considered, but at the end of the day, the Coliseum Authority did make the decision to uh, relocate at the exact same location of the former uh, of the current facility. And I will have to say from an urban planning perspective, if I put in my local government hat, uh, I really think that was the best choice. Um, there are reasons that cities have to have vibrant downtowns in order to grow and thrive. Uh, the proximity to the riverfront, uh, the convention center that's already there. I mean, I just thought that that was the right decision. So I'm glad that you all uh, did arrive at that conclusion and I'm moving forward in that direction. Uh, Brad, can you just talk a little bit about the $25 million that is on SPLOST 8? Uh, what's that going to do for you in the grand scheme of things in terms of making this project a reality? Well, to, in, a, in a simple form, it's going to take us to where we can put a shovel in the dirt. And those, those items are like architect's fees, engineering fees, uh, testing that has to be done. Um, just and we have to get construction documents. So it seems like a lot of money for a little bit of a bang, but there's a lot that goes on before you start going uh, out of the ground. And Chris can may address some uh, other items specifically on that. But yes, basically, it's going to get us to where we, we start building and coming out of the ground. All right. Chris, is there anything you'd like to add to that? No, I think you did a pretty good job. It's, okay. uh, you know, it's about just projecting and layering on when things have to happen so that, you know, come 2022, hopefully, we are ready to move forward. Okay. And what's important here, Janet, too, is we, we're on a really tight timeline to uh, start construction in uh, 22, 2022. And so getting that funding now versus waiting to get it all funded at one time uh, allows us to keep working instead of being at a standstill for, for a bit. Great. And, and I know for some residents of our community who are thinking about how they're going to vote, on March 16th, they're thinking, well, you know, the city has 
basic infrastructure needs, you know, sidewalks and street lighting and recreation facilities and storm drainage and all those sorts of things. Um, but as I look at the SPLOS project list, just like the last one, there are projects in a number of different areas. Um, that they, there's an attempt to make a well-rounded uh, project list that can appeal to a number of folks and enhance the city in a number of different ways. Um, what do you think is the most important way that this particular project enhances our community? First thing you think of is quality of life and economic development. And all of our competition would say within two hours of here that have venues or, or in this entertainment business like we are here in Augusta, they've either renovated or built new new venues. So if we're going to um, continue to be in this business, which we need to be a, a city our size to bring the quality of life we need for the folks that expect it, uh, we need to build this arena. And, and the funding is, is necessary for us to get started now. So I almost feel like we're behind a little bit already um, because because we've been talking about it for so long. I mean, how long does it take if the funding is approved now? Uh, what kind of time horizon would we be looking at for the completion of the facility? I hope Chris is booking shows in uh, September of 2024. We were just talking about it earlier today and you know, we, we hope that, you know, once we get a good solid timeline on the building, that he'll start booking shows. And, and we're really confident that we'll be booking lots of shows with this new arena. Okay, great. And tell us a little bit. I know this arena is going to be bigger. Uh, there's going to be better connectivity between the Bell and the James Brown Arena. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what makes this one comparable to what uh, we see in some of those other facilities and other cities that we might visit. I think we want to take first to take a step back and say, you know, the James Brown Arena built in the late 70s. Uh, it's advertised as 7,500, 8,000 seats, Janice. But, you know, once you put the stage and you put it out there and you lose all those seats behind. So you're talking six or 6,500 seats with the stage sizes now and the show sizes now that you're you're dealing with on the road. So, you know, this is a 10,000 seat sellable on the downstage side of that uh, of that stage. And that's important to know because you can almost spend another half a million dollars potentially on an artist. So that level of artists can now come to Augusta that wasn't an ability to come to Augusta. Then you talk about the you know arena having dated facilities, you know, narrow concourses. You know, if there's three or four thousand people in the building, it's pretty tough in the in the restrooms always have lines. You know, we've recently turned over some of the men's restrooms to women's restrooms to alleviate some of those things. But, um, you know, I think the idea of this is just spectacular because, you know, one main entrance, you go left to the arena, you go right to the bell, you have restrooms. We're touching some of the, the deficiencies on the ADA side of the bell, but really the arena is just, it's, it's a brand new game. This, allows us to go after things we've never uh, been able to. And we have these partners downtown with the CVB and the Sports Council. And, you know, they talk to meetings and event planners and really their feedback has been, hey, we can't do this because A, B, C. Well, we've got a fresh slate, you know. There's only one chance to make a great first impression. So I think we're all super excited about what that could be for Augusta. All right. 
Right. I and, noticed in the materials, there's a, you sent me, there's a website set up. Can you give us that web address? Yeah. One of the things I sent you, it's called www.newjamesbrownarena.com. And really from, from Brad's seat, Cedric's seat, anything from the authority that we've taken step by step here over the probably the last 12, 18 months, we've just put it right to that website so that there's some very big transparency. If you have questions, you know, parking, traffic studies, all those things that as, you know, someone who's coming to shows or curious about it, or what should I vote? Which way should I vote? That's a great asset for for you to view. Okay. It is. I tell you what, I, I opened up that link and I was just blown away by how, beautiful the complex is, how well it seems to flow. Um, And one of the things that I just love was the green space uh, outside there. So it it seems to be a very appealing complex, the type of thing that we as Augustans, sometimes we go to other cities and we say, well, you know, I went to Greenville or I went to, you know, Columbia and they had X. Why don't we have it? Um, so I encourage everybody to go to that web address again. What, what is it? Newjamesbrownarena.com. Yeah, to go there and take a look at the renderings. It is absolutely uh, beautiful there. Um, one of the things I know you all touched on too was parking. Uh, we Augustans are just preoccupied with where we're going to put our vehicles when we come downtown. Uh, can you all speak to what the parking arrangements are going to be there? I'll address that, and uh, Chris may want to piggyback on it. But we we did a really intense parking study, and the uh, it said we did not need additional parking. The uh, person that is working on our parking and uh, traffic flow is uh, also the person that did the Augusta Nationals traffic study. So we have complete confidence in uh, what he's come up with. We've identified 5,000 parking places within a uh, 10 minute walk of the complex. And uh, we also know there's a trend nationally to go to ride sharings and sharing. And we're going to make that real appealing to folks to want to ride and drop folks off at the complex. So you, you don't have to drive and you get dropped off at the front door. And another thing we're, we're, actually planning and, and putting together now is a, uh, a entertainment day or a show day show that'll run circles uh, around downtown and hit all the parking decks in downtown. And uh, hopefully we'll have it set up where, you know, folks don't wait more than five minutes to get to the, get to the show, get to the complex. To add to that ride share, uh, you know, when you have a clean slate, and a blank canvas, you know, Telfair has got a lot of bandwidth to grow, you know, the, the lanes that are going there. So the efficiencies with a potential, you know, rideshare, uh, drop off, pick up, you know, kind of create your own uh, new ease of ingress and egress over there on Telfair is, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. And, and that's on that website as well. Uh, yes, that, that kind of picks up on the type of model that many of the large cities do. Uh, for instance, when I worked and lived in Charlotte, uh, both the football stadium, Bank of America Stadium, where the Carolina Panthers play, as well as the uh, Charlotte Hornets, uh, used to be Bobcats, now Hornets, I got to keep that straight. Both of those facilities were built without additional parking. 
Uh, they just capitalize on the parking that downtown workers would use during the weekday. Um, so if you're coming in, for instance, when I, of course, I worked uptown and Charlotte is uptown, not downtown. I worked uptown. So many times I would just park in the space that I had for my job and then I would walk to the arena. So um, if you want to get closer than that, you could. But there wasn't this feeling that you had to build these huge surface lots that would remain unused for most of the year until you had those events. So basically what you're saying is this shuttle would allow you to do something similar. It would go from perhaps over to the convention center parking deck, pick up and take somebody over. That's correct. You know, and also there's, there's a ton of TIA money, uh, transportation money being spent downtown right now. And mm -hmm. so we're going to, we're going to be part of that as well. A lot of lighting on the side street, seventh, eighth street, so connecting Broad Street to the complex it, much closer because of lighting, nice streetscapes. So it's a lot safer to walk. And hopefully we can connect Broad to the uh, complex so people can eat downtown on Broad and then stroll over to the, to the uh, complex. And, that, you know, in phase two, we have a parking deck if we see we need it. But um, the parking deck is not end all be all, because if you think about it, if you go to a show and you're on the fourth floor of the parking deck, and everybody leaves at the same time, you're going to be stuck in that parking deck for 15, 20 minutes. So would you rather stroll to Broad Street and get in your car and go home and take a five-minute walk or 10-minute walk? Uh, I think I'd rather stroll. Okay, exactly, exactly. And the green space, as you said, and the streetscapes make that all a more attractive walk. It's not like a desolate walk in the dark, so to speak. Uh, there's an opportunity to just really get out and enjoy that. Chris, you made reference to the seating capacity currently and how it shrinks once you have those big stage setups. What's the seating capacity in the uh, planned facility? So the new one would be over 10,000 sellable seats. So when I make that apples to apples comparison to now, you're talking 6,500. So you're talking about another 3,500 seats. So 40% more seats. Okay. And do you have any ideas in terms of, or any you can reveal, uh, in terms of what types of artists you would be able to secure uh, then that you aren't able to secure now? Well, I, I try not to quote myself to look bad in the future, but, you know, specific examples that Brad and I talked about have been, you know, Dave Matthews, Jimmy Buffett, you know, just really large scale uh, regional pulls that immediately say no because we can't hang their show from our ceiling or we don't have enough seats and they want to price their, you know, they want to price their tickets to their fans accordingly. Okay. All right. Exactly. Janice, Janice, people need to know too. And Chris, I want Chris to address this. It's not only all the amenities and the, the pretties of the complex that we're missing. You know, the, the way that these shows is getting bigger and bigger. And Chris, just address that when you say rigging for it real quick. So if I'm talking to the public, you know, this is what you're hanging from your ceiling. And as you hang sound, lights, uh, you know, uh, pyro, all those things that are coming on the road since the 80s, it was a couple sticks of lights and, and let's go. But now it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds, double and triple what it used to be because, you know, ticket prices are going up and you want to have more ticket prices for every, you know, person's income level. But they are really connecting with the artist and, and the fan as much as they can. So, you know, Cirque du Soleil will 
say, hey, we're 100,000 pounds, and I tell them you can only rig 85, it's really one of those things where what are we leaving off? What are we not giving the community? Uh, so does that answer the question a little bit? It does, because and I, and I felt like I had to, to do that. Uh, we had to go along those lines because people were asked, well, you know, I had to go to Columbia to see X. Um, and, and one of the reasons you're saying is that our facility is not large enough and doesn't even have the infrastructure to manage what some of the modern day shows would require. Correct. And this was a very easy decision very early on when uh, even before you became part of that process with us was renovation versus new construction. And once you started going down that road, it was, yeah, you can't renovate the current facility. Right. Right. Yeah. And those narrow concourses, I think about that. You're absolutely right. It was one of the things you all mentioned earlier. I was thinking, you know, there's that the annual um, college fair that takes place. I mean, those corridors are too narrow even for that. <laughs> you know, it is really a struggle getting through there. So I certainly understand the need for an upgraded arena, new arena. Um, things change. Um, Brad, in fact, I'm going to date both of us. Now, I was in the second graduating class, I think, that graduated at the what we call the Civic Center back then. And that probably means that you graduated from the bell, right? That's correct. You're just <laughs> telling people, you're telling people I'm older than you. I hate you. I see how you do this. <laughs> but we're close. Oh, we're close. Yeah. You just missed the cut yeah. by a couple years. And yeah, I think I was in the second group and we thought it was such a big deal back then to be graduating in the Civic Center. Um, but times change over 40 years <laughs> and you know you, you it's just time to upgrade it's time to do something different everything else has changed you think about how much technology has advanced you think about how much vehicles are different um and our meeting spaces and arenas have to grow and change along with it is that a fair assumption i think there's the word experience is is something that augusta uh, just They've been going somewhere else to get it, and I, and I, and I commend them for buying the tickets, and uh, the Bell is a great spot, but when you come to the arena and uh, you're just, you're not getting the experience that we want to give you, that you deserve. So, you know, we talk about, uh, I saw one of those rants and raves, Janice, on the Augusta Chronicle, and, and why do they think it's going to be bigger and better, and, you know, it's very easy for Brad and I to have that conversation and understand why, but for this audience, I think maybe that, that needs to be explained a little better. And, uh, you know, I have one stand that I can use as a grill. You know, my food and beverage offerings are very, very limited to that, to that degree. You know, when you talk about not having enough seats and, you know, there's revenue generation areas that, we haven't even touched those premium things where, where you go and you sit in a suite where you go to a club and you go to these, uh, these areas that are just sponsored out and feel larger than life. Well, we're missing out on all those revenue streams right now. And we have such a great, great commercial base who I think would love to be a part of something new. 
Okay. And speaking of revenue streams, that reminds me of one of the things that I saw in the, the materials you provided me. And that was the whole issue of naming rights. I mean, it used to be that we went to the Omni. Well, now we go to the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. So the whole naming rights uh, idea is one of those ways to generate revenue. Is that something that you all could possibly look at with this facility too? We, we are. I mean, I think when you're spending $228 million, you look everywhere for uh, revenue streams. Um, and so, yes, we are, we're looking at that and we'll, we'll make it when we make a decision on that, we'll make it whether it's uh, the community will appreciate how we do it. Okay. And we won't lose the concept of James Brown. Absolutely not. We, 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 we understand his legacy and it's a big part of the whole complex. Okay. All right. Great. Guys, thanks so much for being with me today. As we close out, is there anything else you want to share uh, with our listeners? I, I want to, I want to just say one more thing that Chris said, and it's, it's about you. People are used to going to shows in Augusta. Now you're going to come have an experience. We have a true complex. If you from Telfair street on seventh street, it's got 800 foot long complex. It's very impressive. Almost three, three football fields in the new arena is going to be 10 stories high. And it, it's, that's how impressive this is going to be. It's so I think the whole thing about an experience is uh, when you go to a show, you don't have to come 15 minutes before the show. You don't come an hour before the show because it's, it's going to be that, that much of a treat. Cool. Cool. That and is so cool. Go ahead. I would say that, you know, if you have questions, we're having a public unveiling March 11th at the Bell Auditorium. We're going to have the architects. We're going to have the owner's rep. Come bend our ear. Come ask questions, but at the end of the day, uh, please vote yes. The, you know, the community deserves this. Great. What time is that on March 11th? Uh, I think we're talking three to seven, but okay. as things, uh, I'll get you more info. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll publicize it and we, we'd love people to be there. It's going to be open to the public. Please come. All right. Thank you all so much for being guests on Local Matter. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Janice. I certainly hope that you found that enjoyable. Uh, next week, my guest will be Sue Parr. She is president and chief executive officer of the Augusta Metro Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce historically has played a significant role in advocating for passage of SPLOS referenda. That is because public employees, that is those people who work for the city uh, in non-elected roles are prohibited from uh, actually advocating. Their job is to inform and educate the public about the various aspects of the projects and the tax tax, but not so much to advocate for the passage of it. So that's why the city historically has partnered with the Chamber of Commerce and other organizations to ensure uh, that the word is out and that uh, you have people who can uh, really talk about uh, why it's best that uh, they feel like you vote for SPLOST. I also want to make sure that you are aware of the Security Federal Bank's offerings as it relates to the PPP, that is the Paycheck Protection Program. 
a couple of shows ago, I had uh, the president of the bank as well as one of their executive vice presidents on to talk about that program. Uh, if you uh, missed that show, please go to my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com or to SoundCloud slash Local Matters so that you can listen to that show. There's a lot of excellent information there. And I'll tell you, business owners, uh, representatives of nonprofits, even individuals who are self-employed, you may in fact be eligible for that and you will not find out until you apply for that funding. That number to call is 1-866-851-3000. Again, that Security Federal Bank, 1-866-851-3000, or you can go into any branch of Security Federal and ask for details about the Paycheck Protection Program. Security Federal Bank is a community development financial institution, CDFI, which means it is their role and their obligation to serve you. They are looking for small, local and minority owned businesses in order to provide services to you and the capital that you need to continue your operations. Please give them a call. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.